Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snacket Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void but prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. Hello again, friends, and welcome on into episode 213 of the SCO Show, proudly a part of the Pat's Pulpit Podcast Network, brought to you by the great folks at SB Nation. My name is Mark Schofield, back in the big chair for today, Monday, October 25th, and I think we can say our first actual, real, live, glorious victory installment from the 2021 season, New England Patriots. Look the best they've looked all season in just an absolutely thorough victory, 54-13 over the New York Jets. A, a tremendous game on both sides of the football from this New England Patriots team. And as many have pointed out, it does seem like this Patriots team is starting to sort of round into form, right? We always know, we always talk about Bill Belichick trying to get the team playing its best football, you know, as October gives way to November and December, right? And over the last three games, you've gotten two wins, obviously a road win against Houston, which was probably closer than it should, but road wins are tough. You have the tough loss to Dallas at home in overtime. You get the win over the Jets. And frankly, look, the the loss to Tampa Bay, that was a game that you could have won. So... Really, four pretty solid weeks, although the the record 2-2 two and two over that stretch doesn't really sort of showcase, you know, great football play. But you're now rolling into that stretch of the season where it seems like the Patriots are figuring things out, and you're rolling into a stretch of the season that you're going to get tested now, right? Because you get the Chargers on the road, you get the Panthers on the road, Cleveland at home, Atlanta on the road, Tennessee at home, Buffalo on the road. This is that long stretch that... If you hope this team makes the playoffs or makes a run for the playoffs, you're pretty happy. You're pretty glad that they're rolling into form right about now. So a great win. Good to see it. We're going to focus on the offense today. I know there's stuff to talk about on the defensive side of the ball. I want to sort of save that for Wednesday's show because we got a lot to talk about with Justin Herbert and the Chargers. So I really want to talk about the defensive Wednesday show. Today's going to be a focus on the offense. I'm going to have some Mac Jones talking, a little Mac Jones Slash Mark Schofield News in the second half of the show. But we'll start before we get to the run game, which is where I want to focus the first half of the show, with your usual cavalcade of announcements. Follow on with the work on the Bird app at Mark Schofield. Get the CV right for places, USA Today's Touchdown Wire, the RSP Quick Game Cast with Matt Waldman, Big Blue View, Bleeding Green Nation, Pat's Pulpit, you know, you Dak Watch over at Blogging the Boys. You know the places you can find me. 
but the best way is on Twitter, where you get the three throw series each Monday into Tuesday, where I break down three throws from good quarterback play. Um, got those videos rolling out today as well, so check those out. I said I wanted to start with the run game, and I really sort of want to start with the offensive line, right? Because it feels like after all the tinkering and tweaking and getting guys in and out of the lineup and getting guys back from injury and things like that and COVID and things like that, they might have finally found their five. And I know it's the Jets, and I know it's a Jets defense that is banged up. But when it left tackle, Karras at left guard, Andrews at center, Mason right guard, Wenu right tackle, it seemed like this was the group. And the numbers, in a sense, kind of speak for themselves, right? Because after all, you look at the run game, you look at what they did on the ground. The run game was really working yesterday. 32 carries for 148 yards, four touchdowns. And that 148 is a bit deceiving because you get some kneel downs at the end of the game. Kind of hurts your yards per attempt number and the total number as well because you're giving up some yardage. At one point in the fourth quarter, they were averaging over six yards per carry. I think you take that any day. Now, it ended up being, I think, might have even been sub five. It was at least dipped under sub six. But still. You're doing work on the ground. You get the four rushing touchdowns, two from Harris, two from J.J. Taylor. But it's that group up front that performed incredibly well, and you saw it out of the gate. First offensive play of the game. First and 10, the minus 35, you get a little lead duo action, right? You get Jakob Johnson on the lead. You get the pair of doubles. So you've got left tackle, left guard, double on one side. You've got the center and right guard doubling to the other side. You get Jakob Johnson leading up into the hole. And Harris does a great job on this play, getting skinny. We talk about that a lot at the running back position, right? Getting skinny through the hole, getting skinny through contact. Sometimes the hole is tiny. But you've got to find a way as a running back to get yourself through that. Harris does a tremendous job on this play, cutting right off the block of Johnson, the lead block there and then as well as the double team to the left side between Karras and Wynn on that defensive tackle so out of the gate you get a a 12 yard gain on your first play of the game from scrimmage on the ground then you get the 32 yard run from Damian Harris so this is a good job of the running back on this little delay they show the pump fake on the screen this is a second and seven the 854 marker the first quarter so Jones is going to show pump on the smoke screen to the left, and come back and hand off to Harris on the inside. Key blocks on this play. You get two sort of cracks. One from Hunter Henry, working to the middle linebacker, and then from Kobe Myers, working down into the Marcus May, the safety down in the box. So you get those two blocks that open up the cutback opportunity. But then watch when you get a chance to watch this. Right guard, right tackle. Shaq Mason, Michael Wendu. Watch how they sort of fan out. You get these guys, these defensive end, defensive tackle rushing upfield, and they do a great job with their feet to fan to the outside, ride those guys outside and deep behind Harris. Harris gets through that first level of threats, then gets the sort of cutbacks opportunity from those crack blocks from Henry and Myers working to the inside, cuts it back, 32-yard gain, and your offense is rolling out of the gate. 
Let's show a little love for J.J. Taylor and a little love for the Toss Crack game, right? We, we've been discussing this in the Scotia Slack channel. Again, if you'd like an invite, hit me up on the Bird app at Mark Schofield for the invite to the Scotia Slack channel. And Taylor had a nice little day for himself, 21 yards on nine attempts, two touchdowns and a lawn of 15. And that lawn of 15 is the one we're going to talk about here. This is a play third quarter, 9-13 mark, and you're going to get the crack toss to the right side. Great job, Nikhil Harry, sort of at the point of attack on Huff, the defensive end. That's your first crack. You get a drive block off the line because they put Hunter Henry to the outside, drives into the corner, Hall drives him off the line, and then you get the convoy, right? You get the convoy with a Wenu from the right tackle spot, pull into the outside because you've got the crack block from Harry. I want to flattens the linebacker that's coming over, pins him to the outside. Taylor does a very good job cutting off of that for the touchdown. Nice run there. Now you get, look, you get short runs in the down in the red zone. You get a, you know, one-yard touchdown run from Taylor, a one-yard touchdown run from Taylor, a three-yard touchdown run from Harris. But the thing about those runs is in years past, right, first and goal at the five, first and goal at the four, first and goal at the six, it felt like those would be situations where they're going to have to settle for three, right? First and goal to six felt like first and goal from the 25. But now they're finding ways to punch those in. And looking at the Harris three-yard touchdown run, this is 13-33 of the fourth quarter. Jakob Johnson. Jakob Johnson, really good job taking on one lead blocker as a lead blocker. And then it's on that left side, Karras and Wynn. You get an initial double at the point of attack on the defensive tackle, but Wynn does a great job at scraping off that, just getting enough on the linebacker, scraping over the top of that, who gets himself into position to make a stop. So you got Jakob Johnson with the lead, Mike Isaiah Wynn, excuse me, the double team with Karras at the point of attack, scrapes off, picks up the linebacker, creates enough of a crease, and once again, Damian Harris getting skinny, and he has a leverage advantage as that def- a third defender comes from the backside, this is Sherwood, a backside linebacker, scrapes over. But he's got a pile of bodies at his feet. I'm reading right now, it's in uh, Terry, Sh- oh, Sh- Terry Shea's book, Eyes Up, uh, former quarterback coach, both at the NFL and the college level. I was reading a chapter on Sunday night about you know what quarterbacks should be saying in the huddle. And down in the red zone, Terry... Shea writes that quarterbacks down in the red zone, you need to be reminded people near the goal line, low man wins. And this is an example of that because Sherwood does a good job scraping over, but it doesn't get low enough, doesn't get good leverage and center of gravity because he's got stuff at his feet. Harris has a head of steam and is able to get that low leverage at the point of attack. He's able to run through him, finish this for a touchdown. These are the types of plays that in years past sort of eluded them you know, in, in a little bit in 18, although not down the, obviously not down the stretch in the playoffs because they were able to do that stuff out of the 21 personnel that they turned to at the end. Certainly in 19, and even last year when they had an opportunity for a dynamic run game with Cam Newton at quarterback, these types of opportunities and finishing drives with seven instead of three seem to elude them in the past. Particularly on Sunday against the Jets, you're finishing drives with touchdowns, you're getting those short yardage plays, converting them for touchdowns, to finish off drives and possessions. That's huge in the NFL. That's huge in the NFL. So I wanted to give a shout-out to the offensive line and to the run game. Harris 
Taylor. Just a tremendous job up front and on the ground. Really nice to see. Up next, of course, you know we're going to do it. We do it every week, right? Mac Jones. What do we see from Mac Jones on Sunday against the Jets? We're going to go a deep dive on Mac Jones. That's ahead here at episode 213. A glorious victory installment of the Sco Show. Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to Cars.com. It's magical. Mark Schofield back with you now on episode 213 of the SCO Show. And a little bit of news. Got a new little feature for you over at Pat's Pulpit called Mac Attack. It's a nice little name. Got, got a certain ring to it. And I kind of cheated with the name. I'll talk about that in a second. But each week for Pat's Pulpit, I'm going to be putting together a video breakdown Anywhere from like 6, 10, however many plays I think stand out to me of Mac Jones. The good, the bad, the ugly, the in-between. We'll talk concepts. We'll talk protections. We'll talk progressions. We'll talk reads, throws, all that fun stuff. And the first version is up on YouTube now. You could also sort of dive into it on Pat's Pulpit when it goes live over there. So definitely, you know, check out Mac Attack. As, as far as the inspiration for the name, um, the baseball league that my son's in that I coach in, is UMAC for Upper Montgomery Athletic. And our travel teams are UMAC Attack. And I thought, hey, I'm doing a series on Mac Jones. Mac Attack kind of works. Hope I don't get sued. It's promotional in a sense for UMAC. So, and I love UMAC. I love coaching there. So check it out. Um, I, I get the, Like I said, the first video is already up on YouTube, on my YouTube channel. Um, it'll be up on Pat's Pulpit as well. I've got nine plays that I broke down from Mac Jones from Sunday's win against the New York Jets. And as I said, watching Mac Jones, re-watching the game, studying the, you know, the All-22 and all that stuff, I thought it was a very good game, number one. Number two, I think he's getting better each week out. It's been impressive to watch him get better each week out. And he is attacking downfield. The, the throw to Bourne at the end of the game, right? And I know, look, you know, you're up. It's easy to attack deep downfield when you're up 41-13 to 13 and it's already early fourth quarter. But it's a third and fourth situation. They go vertical. He's got the vertical routes each side of the field. He's got one from Harry on the right side, one from Bourne on the left. What's interesting about this play is that Jones does a very good job pre-snap at seeing the alignment, right? Because he's got to his left, balls on the right hash mark. He has to his left, Bourne on the outside, Myers in the slot. You've got the running back in the backfield to that left side as well. So you've got a three-receiver side to the left. you got Bolden in the backfield there. To the right, you've got Hunter Henry in the wing, and you've got Harry to the outside. It's clear man coverage pre-snap. All the corners, man alignment, they're squared up on their receivers, eyes on their receivers, no eyes on you, so you know pre-snap, unless they do really spin this, 
I'm getting cover one. There's a single high safety deep. Now, he aligns himself initially to the three receiver side where Bourne is. But right before the snap of the football, he decides for whatever reason, I'm going to slide myself to the two receiver side. And when the ball is snapped, he's actually outside the hash mark on the right side to the two receiver side. Which is kind of interesting. But Jones knows at that moment with that guy outside the hash, it's going to be pretty tough for him to make a play on that vertical route to Bourne along the left sideline. That is a lot of distance to cover. So Jones knows pre-snap, I've got this. And now given that, you might excuse Jones for just taking the snap, eyes right to it, throwing it, not looking anywhere else, you know you've got it. He still flashes the eyes to the middle of the field, freezes that guy, even though there's probably no way that safety is getting all the way to the sideline to make a play on that throw, but he does it anyway. And I'm reminded of something I liked about Baker Mayfield down at the Senior Bowl, even when he's throwing one versus ones or routes versus air. He didn't get lazy in those moments. He didn't get lazy in those moments. He would still look off safeties, move his eyes, make it look like he's working through reads. It's one of those moments where in that situation, it would be easy given the pre-snap alignment of that safety, given the situation, just take your eyes right to Bourne and throw that vertical route. But instead, still freezes him, then flashes his eyes late. I really liked seeing that from Mac Jones. Another play I loved, and again, I talk about these, all these plays on the video that I did over at Pat's Ball, but the third and 10, second quarter, 10-23 mark of the second quarter. And what I loved about this play, it highlights one of the things that Jones is doing and doing well for a rookie quarterback, setting protections at the line. This is a third and 10. It's a 10-point game. But look, if the Jets get a stop here, maybe they put something together, make it a one-score game. You start out trips to the right with Hunter Henry flexed well to the outside. He's the outside guy in the trips. Jets show pressure. They've got six guys on the line of scrimmage. And they've also got Marcus May sort of lurking. Now, he's shaded towards the running back side. But at six, maybe seven are in position to really come after you, right? It could be a seven-man blitz. And you've got five up front in the back. So right now, you're minus one in the protection. So what does Jones do? He brings the Hunter Henry, the tight end, into the wing, kills him for the route. He is now involved in the protection. He resets the protection and goes seven-man. Because the back does not release. He is in the protection. You've got back Bolden to the left. Now you've got Henry in the ruin to the right. You've got a seven-man protection scheme. All seven guys that are in blitz posture, they may come. They might not. But let's think about it this way, right? If it ends up you're plus two in protection, you bring those two guys in, they drop all but five. All right, fine. You're blocked. you got it blocked up. You're safe. You're clean. you got a clean pocket. You can make a throw. If all seven come, You've got it blocked up. You've got seven versus seven. It's even. You should be able to find an opportunity in the downfield passing game. They don't all come. They bring six. They drop a linebacker. But because Jones' solid protection call, seven-man protection scheme, it's a clean pocket. And now you've got it. Even though you're at a numbers disadvantage in the secondary, you have time to make a good read. He picks up Jacoby Myers on a dig route, working from the right side. 
good throw, good catch, on time, in rhythm. Big game. And a potential third and 10 situation that could have gone against you, and who knows how the game goes from there. Adjusting the protection, making sure you're set protection-wise to make a throw. Nice opportunity for a pass play downfield. So I love to see that from, from Mac Jones. I want to talk about two misses. I want to talk about two misses. First is a miss on a crossing route to John O. Smith. This is the first play of the second quarter. 14-0. You're just outside the red zone at the plus 25. You go play action, and you've got Smith working a crossing route from right to left. There's an opportunity to hit this early in the down. But Jones has to climb in response to a blitz from the second level. They send Davis, Ashton Davis, the strong safety, off the left tackle. Now, when does a good job on this play? You know, this is a situation where you just miss and sometimes just misses happen because they slant the defensive end to the inside. Wynn sort of makes the initial collision with him, passes him to Karras, and then comes off and gets just enough on the Blitz and Davis to ride him out to the outside. And even after carrying the run fake, Damian Harris does a good job coming out of the run fake and also helping on the Blitz and Davis. But he's running deep into the pocket now. Jones, if he has the opportunity to set off of his run fake and throw right away, there's a big play to be had. But he has to climb. Because Davis is now getting run outside the pocket. He still has to climb. Jones does. Because of that, throw comes a bit late. It allows May to break downhill. And he gets a shot on Jonu Smith, who dings his shoulder. You know, that was just... Look, they blocked it up fairly well, given the situation. Jones still had to climb, though. And because he can't make the throw right away, you get a missed opportunity. Then there was an incompletion on third and six to Hunter Henry, who's running the simple route to the flat. Jones initially looks like he wants to hit Jacoby Myers on a crossing route, working from right to left. Double clutches on that, and he's got his feet set to throw up the hash mark. Right up the left hash mark. He is standing on the left hash mark. He has his feet set to throw up the hash mark, but he double clutches and then looks to Henry in the right flat. And he misses the throw. And he misses the throw in part because he doesn't take that. He has time to do it. But he doesn't take that extra beat to reset his feet. And so even though he's throwing to the right numbers, that left foot is pointed right up the left hash mark. And so you can't really come through with it. He misses. It's one of those moments. Mechanics don't matter until they matter, right? Well, this is a missed throw that I'd say, take that extra beat, make the mechanical, mechanically sound throw, and take advantage of the situation. We close with the scramble. Right? Something that everybody would love to see from Mac Jones, right? Can he scramble? Can he pick up a first down with his legs? Can he create if he has to with his legs? Well, he did it. He did it, right? Third down situation. Need your quarterback to pick something up with his legs, and you get it from Mac Jones. This is a third and 10. It comes at the 706 mark of the third quarter. Patriots at the plus 31. And it's really set in motion by the decision of the defensive end, Huff to sort of slant to the inside because he's off the right tackle. You know, he's off of a window. And right at the snap, he pushes upfield for two steps, then slants to the inside. Because there's a four-man slide, right guard, Mason, and on over. They slide to the left. They go big on big with a Wenu on Huff. 
Huff sees the slide, sees a crease open to the inside, the left shoulder of the right tackle of Wenu, and he thinks, I can get home. I can get home early in the down. I can get home for the sack, you know, get off the field. But by doing that, he gives Jones the edge. Jones sees that, sees the opportunity to get to the outside, and immediately pulls the football down and starts to run. Now, there is a lurking problem. Franklin Myers, number 91. He sees that Jones is bailing the pocket. And he starts to get the angle on him, running parallel to the line of scrimmage. And there's an opportunity for Franklin Myers to chase him down. Thankfully, Damian Harris has the presence of mind as he's, he's involved in the protection here. He's to the right of, of Mac Jones in the shotgun. He looks to chip on Huff. But when Huff comes to the inside, Harris kind of gets a chip into him, but the guy's sort of taking himself out of the play at this point. Harris looks for work. We talk about that with offensive linemen, right? You're in pass protection. Your guy slants away. Nobody's coming. Look for work. Punish jumpers. Do what you got to do. Harris looks for work. Because as Franklin Myers is sort of tracking Jones down the line of scrimmage and potentially going to put himself in position to stop this run, Harris gets a chip into the guy's half body. It's not a huge block, but it's enough. That gives Jones the angle. Franklin Myers can't chase him down. And you get Mac Jones scrambling for a 13-yard gain on third and 10. Love to see it. So that's a look at what I liked from the Patriots and the Patriots offense, the run game, pass game, pass protections, Mac Jones, all that fun stuff. Check out the video, the Mac Attack debut over at my YouTube channel or over at Pat's Pulpit. Until Wednesday, friends. Stay safe, check in on your loved ones, wash your hands, and when you do, sit along and bless those Patriots reigns down in Foxborough.